Were you expecting to like be the bride though? Were you a little disappointed? Um, I did show. I'm wearing the same thing that I wore last night. Show it um, off. I did show <gasps> up like so this. pretty. So. <laughs> and they didn't. Make I guess you the I bride. kind of was like a little bit expecting to be the bride, but like it's fine. My friend Shiloh got to be the bride, and they were very excited about it. Cute. So. I love that. <laughs> it was cute. I look like I'm someone's like bitchy mother-in-law. <laughs> bitchy mother yeah who's like trying to show up the bride because i don't like her i have like too oh, close okay, of a yeah. relationship with my son you know mm. one of those Ooh, ooh, ooh. oh yeah <laughs> one of those. okay anyways welcome to the lonely cast welcome to episode 11 episode 11 Woo-woo. i'm Brittany. i'm abigail and you're probably wondering why we're dressed up yeah we don't have an answer we just felt if like you it. Can, yeah <laughs> Honestly, this episode topic and the the concept of, you know, our dressing and the fact that we're drinking wine, completely unrelated. Like, I, except maybe to, like, make us feel better about this topic in general. Yeah, we've been putting this off for a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although the break was nice. Um, I was able to have a healthy mental breakdown. Um, during oh. <laughs> that time. I thought you, like, didn't mean to say breakdown. I thought you were trying to say you had a good, like, healthy mental break from... No, I was fully spinning out for a bit. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Not in, like, a in a damaging way. Just in, like, a... Just in a fun way. I literally had to do with the topic of this week's episode, so... Perfect. <laughs> well, before we get into yes. it, I would just like to state that this dress is too big on me, and I spilt wine all down the front of it. Um, so not that anyone's probably going to notice, but I needed for like my sake to mention that. Um, yeah, we're all about transparency here. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm. <laughs> <laughs> how do we want to get into this? Mm. Well, um, I feel like you might have more, more notes on this than I do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Mm, okay, so <laughs> the reason that I picked this topic, actually, I may have picked it before, but um, mm-hmm. I went and saw the new Nick Cage movie, Pig. Oh. I'm not going to explain what it's about because I went into it not knowing and it was a really great experience. Okay. Um, but there's a scene where um, there's this chef in like a really like fancy restaurant that does very well. And um, he's talking to him and he's like, I thought that you wanted to start like a pub and do like traditional English food. And the chef's like, oh, well, like there's not really like people aren't really interested in that in this city. Like it's all like upscale. And he's like, yeah, but like that's what you wanted to do, wasn't it? And he got like really stressed out and he's like, yeah, well, I mean, like I'm I'm doing well now. And he's like, (laughs) and Nick Cage says, we only get... um, we only get a few things to care about or something along those lines mm-hmm. or we don't get many things to care about mm-hmm. and i in the theater was like whoa we don't <laughs> no but um that scene fucked me up because i was like just thinking about how i and so many people do have passions and we do have goals but we kind of do what's either like more convenient or more safe mm-hmm. um 
because yeah this guy just wanted to start like a cool little pub but there wasn't much money in it where he was so he just went this route where like yeah he's still getting to like cook or whatever but he's not like pursuing his like lifelong goal of starting a yeah. little English pub and um it really fucked me up this week because I was like, I'm not pursuing any of my interests or goals, really, aside from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I started thinking about, like, what are my passions and goals? Yeah. And what are things that I just like? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, did you did you watch the video that I sent you? No. <laughs> well, okay. That would have been very helpful I'm for so you, sorry. I'm, I'm planning on it. <laughs> I was going to when I got home, but I, like, passed out. (laughs) No, no, no. It's totally fine. So, basically, the gist of it is this whole idea that if we can't discover our passion and, like, our drive and stuff like that, like, we're deficient in some way or, like, um, basically, there's, like, this culture around, like, you're gonna just like one day magically stumble upon this thing that like you're really passionate about and that like you're really good at and that like makes you money and basically is like the thing that you're meant to be doing for the rest of your life like we all have that one thing that we're supposed to be doing and it will fulfill us and it will bring us to the end of our lives and at the end of our lives we're gonna be happy and fulfilled because we pursued that one thing so that mentality he basically said was like not correct and like it's very damaging because then that paralyzes us in like a well I don't even know what I like I don't know what I like to do I don't know if I'm actually good at anything and because we feel that way it stops us from actually going out and trying different things and like the thing is is you don't just like wake up one day and have passions you build passions and so basically what he said was to just like take some notes and just write down everything that you like everything that you're interested in it doesn't matter if you're good at it it doesn't matter if you haven't ever done it before like it doesn't matter if um it's something super expensive or something that you can do for free just write down all of your passions and or like your hot your interests the things that you like and then just like give yourself let's say like a time period or like um like a chunk of time in which you're going to do something regarding that like or that interest once a day so like and it has to be like a healthy amount of time it can't just be like three days and you're like well this isn't for me it's got to be like 10 days or like a month or something like that where you're you know putting aside 20 to 30 minutes a day and just like doing something and for me personally when I think about that I'm like oh that seems like too much work (laughs) that seems like way too much work but um then by the end of that time period you should know whether or not you like it, whether or not it's good for you, whether or not it like keeps propelling you to want to do it more because it's this feedback loop of like having an interest, putting in the work to do it, finding out that you really like it and being inspired to do it more. And then that's going to grow into a passion and then that's going to grow into, you know, like it's this, this like feedback loop of like action and stuff like that and like that satisfaction of like not only taking joy in the product of this thing that you've been working on but like the process of building it and if that process gives you like joy and serotonin and inspires you more then you should continue to pursue it type thing i love that so that's what the that's what the video is about <laughs> she's like that you didn't fucking watch <laughs> yeah it would have been really helpful but like it's fine <laughs> sorry 
Um, no, 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 it's fine. No, I love that because um, I've talked about it in other episodes. I had a lot of friends um, in like high school and stuff that knew exactly what they wanted to do with their lives. Um, they were like, yeah, I'm going to take this class so I can get into this program and I'm going to do this, this, this. And I for a long time envied that, but now I realize that I prefer trying different jobs and trying new things because like that's the best way to figure out if you're into something or not. Like I went through, I'm currently working at um, a massage clinic just doing like office work. And like my first few months there, I was like, should I get into massage therapy? Like, should I get into this? And I started like researching it and stuff and like asking questions and I was like, oh, it's not for me. But I'm like, that's the best way to like figure out what you're into or what you'd be passionate about is like trying. Cause not everyone has it all mapped out. And I feel like it's not always the case, but a lot of people that like have like a five-year plan or like have known what they wanted to do from birth. It was kind of like from birth, <laughs> from a young age. From birth. Out of the the womb. I'm gonna gonna be a lawyer. Um, No, but I feel like a lot of that is like just what you were raised around. So it could be like your parents' influence, and like there could be something that like you wouldn't have even thought of because it wasn't something you were exposed to growing up. um, That could be something that you're like really passionate about. So if like you have always wanted to be a doctor. And then one day you go surfing and you're like, wow, this I've never felt so much joy. And you want to, like, be a surfing instructor or something. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, you just got to try new things and see what you're into and what you're not into. And, like, if something, if you kind of like something, just put a little time into it. And it might grow into something that you're really passionate about. Exactly. Exactly. You never know until you try. And, like, when it comes to, like, resources and stuff like that, obviously, like, we can't all become, like, Nat Geo photographers. Um, you know? But is, we all do have iPhones. <laughs> yeah. you sounded... Obviously, we can't all become Nat Geo photographers. <laughs> you said it's so Actually, frustrating job when you said that. But I... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm kidding. Oh, well. I'm still working in fashion. <laughs> Which actually, I guess, like, this is kind of anecdotal and personal for me, but, like, from, I think I was in the ninth or 10th grade, I think, when I kind of played around with this idea of working in the fashion industry. I really, like, I I remember I had, like, this, like, vision that I would go to, like, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, and I, like, I'd be able to pursue fashion photography and all this stuff, and... I was like super into the fashion industry and then like moving into Montreal and getting the opportunity to actually work in the industry. I was super stoked about it. And like, honestly, don't get me wrong, still is extremely cool to be around all the clothes and the photographers and on set and stuff like that. Like it's really a cool experience. But one thing that I have learned is that a lot of the industry is just like showboating and like, um, like climbing the social ladder and um I don't know it's just like it's just felt very off for me and it's not that I don't want to work in the industry anymore well kind of is but like I don't know it's it's good that I was able to get out there and try it and like I've had the privilege to be able to go and try it 
um, and find out that maybe it's just like not for me because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more um, I, I guess like I didn't really understand this whole concept of the way that the fashion is- industry works is seeming like so elite and so like inaccessible and like so like there's so much mystery and like allure and stuff behind it but then you like you get into it and it's like ah this is it like this is it really and you're supposed to be so like happy and like proud and like thankful and humbled that you're there but I don't know it's kind of it it just feels very empty in a way yeah um so that's an example of pursuing a passion and finding out it's not actually for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, f- but, I feel um, that. I, that was kind yeah. of the... Like, when I worked at the daycare, um, I loved it. I love working with kids, like, a lot. But it's definitely not something that I want to do every day of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, if I don't really want to have kids, I don't want to watch other people's kids my entire life. Um, yeah. <laughs> But, like, yeah, it was something that I had a lot of fun with, and after I left, I was, like, looking into taking courses and tried taking a course for a while, and I was just like, I don't care enough about this. Not that I don't care about kids. (laughs) Like, it's a really wonderful experience to, like, like watch a kid grow and, like, help them when they're um, going through like really important development stages but I don't want to be changing kids diapers my entire life Mm -hmm. like that sounds a little nightmarish um but I thought I was like I don't know how you do it it's like there's literally no part of me that enjoys kids I like my Um... little brothers and that's it like that's the only babysitting when I was 13 fuck no hated that shit there was okay there was i can i don't know if i can say this but um (laughs) like the parents of the kids i watched years ago or there's some kids that i was like i don't really like this kid (laughs) like this kid's kind of an asshole and then i meet their parents i'm like you're why they're an asshole but there was also kids that just like made me smile and i to this day think about like i hope that they're doing well um it's tough shit though (laughs) that's really wholesome lots of shit (laughs) like actual shit all the time like yeah i remember one day i was gonna oh maybe i'm not gonna share that story is it a poop story wait i love poop stories keep telling poop stories okay well this happened in like in the span of two like (laughs) two days so like the first day um this kid pooped like right next to the toilet and I just, I was like, dude, you know where it goes. You made it this far. Come on. And then I think he just started trying to fuck with me. <laughs> so one day I was, like, cutting fruit for a snack. And um, he, I had left him in the, like, they're toddlers. We had, like, an open kind of bathroom thing where I could, like, look around the corner and, like, make sure that everything was okay. And, um... I'd left him in the toilet, not in the toilet, on the toilet, and I came around the corner, and he wasn't there, and I was like, oh no, and he was across the room, just Winnie the Pooh, only a shirt, um, 
smearing poop into the books in the reading corner, I said, hmm, I could walk out of this room right now and just not come back. I could just leave. I would. I came there. I was like, I had to take a second. I was like, and he was just smiling so big. I'm like, you little shit. You're, you're trying to torture me. You're doing this to torture me. Um, and yeah, that was one of those moments where I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Most days it was like, this is wonderful. Like just having a kid like cuddle up to you and you read them a book. Like it was really lovely. And then there's days like that where I was like, why am I here? Why am I willingly taking care of other people's children? <laughs> Anyways, so... <laughs> willingly taking care of other people's children yeah i guess i was getting paid oh, but... that's true god bless the nannies that i had when i was a child yeah um because i was a menace but mainly just because i've always had an issue with authority like and that's never gone away <laughs> she's an aries never gone away. <laughs> yeah uh we can chalk it up to astrology <laughs> and also probably the fact that like i don't know um i didn't want to get too deep there so i stopped myself mid-sentence you did a little tongue out okay i was like just like quirky quirky. hates authority you always said quirky at the same fucking time (laughs) (laughs) anyway sorry continue um but yeah no i terrorized my nannies and my babysitters for that fact i don't think there was ever a babysitter that i did like um I could be wrong, though. I'm sure my mom would correct me on this. But uh, I remember I made one cry um, because I genuinely... Oh, I was such a mean little kid. I, I think I just had so much pent-up, like, rage and aggression. But I just, like, basically screamed at her. I was like, I hate you. You're the worst person in the entire world. I did that a lot to, like, my nannies and my babysitters. Um, I think I was just honestly super angry about the fact that my parents were getting divorced but yeah it made a lot of uh authority figures cry in my lifetime i also made a teacher cry one time um oh my god i hate that but continue (laughs) i know it's really terrible but okay here's the thing this teacher kind of was like the worst he kind of deserved it it was a man too um i support (laughs) i don't even need to hear it i'm on your side yeah (laughs) Uh, I'm a nice person most of the time, but I think that, like, my need for justice is just too strong sometimes. So I had this, like, teacher in the ninth grade. He was a math teacher and also a gym teacher. And he was just – he had been booted out of multiple different schools. So he was teaching at the high school, and then they didn't want him teaching there anymore. So then he came to our school. And then before the high school, he was, like, teaching overseas in London, and they didn't want him there anymore. So he, like, came to, like, small town Alberta. It was just, like, a big – he just kept getting moved around because people didn't like him, and he wasn't a good teacher. And it was obvious because we had him for math in the ninth grade. And here in Alberta – um. Not here in Alberta, I'm in Quebec, but in Alberta, um, where I was in the ninth grade, uh, we had like standardized tests every three years to track our progress. So it's called the provincial achievement tests, I think is what they're called, or provincial, it's PATs. Not PATs? (laughs) Provincial assessment. That sounds right. It's not PTA. It's no, because that's parent-teacher. Yeah. P- 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. I blocked there my child. tests that we take every three years. So he was such a bad math teacher that none of us actually learned anything for most of that year. Like, we didn't understand what was going on. We made multiple attempts. I was teaching myself math at that point. Like, it was so bad. And uh, we, our entire class almost failed that standardized test for math that year. Yeah. Our entire class. Um, like, the majority of the class failed. I passed with, like, a 66% or something like that which in previous years was not the case for me. Um, he was just an all-around terrible teacher, and he was just so, like, like I don't know. This is going to sound really mean, but this is going to stay between you and me. Just, okay? just me and you here. No one else. Just, just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, like, one of those guys that, like, you just really wanted to, like take down a couple pegs like he was a really bullyable person that's not me there's a lot of men that i want to bully yeah. anyways so and <laughs> there was this there was this uh theme of like kids like getting up and walking out of his class um just because they were just so over it and so it was kind of like our protest and there's one time where like four kids like just got up and walked out in like one period and he got he was standing up at the class <laughs> and his face was getting so red and he was like shaking he was like you guys are unleashing the bear in me oh my god ew <laughs> what and then i think from like that moment on it was like between me and like one other guy in the class um I think both of us just, like, kept expressing to him, like, you are not a good teacher. You need to do better. Like, none of us respect you. I don't know if there's any way for you to earn our respect back again, but, like, we're not learning anything. And, like, it was those quiet conversations that we had with him after class that, like, he would just start crying. And, like, that's a point where you're, like, I I don't know what to like I'm in the ninth grade. I gotta get to You're my next class. <laughs> yeah. Like we're expressing to you how distressed we are because we're not learning anything in your class and you're sitting here crying about it in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> like Oh, it was so like obviously thinking back on it, he probably was going through a lot. But then there's this other side of me that's like just quit. Like just if you can't handle a few teenagers like giving you shit, then don't be a teacher. Yeah, it's not meant yeah. for you. Um, yeah, the only class I think I've walked out of uh, was um. Should I say his name? I think it adds to the story. Fel Felicitas. <laughs> What? I say it like he's That's a not demon. what I was expecting. Um, anyways, he okay. in my high school was a, a religion teacher, but he was like super religious. Like he would um, talk about how gay people are going to hell and like stuff that like I went to a Catholic school, but they were like oh. every school I went to was a Catholic school, but they were really good about being like um, respectful about the whole religion thing for the most part. Uh, 
But yeah, this guy would just go on these fucking rants, and in grade nine, I was put into his class, and on the first day, he was just, it was chill, and then the second day, um, he started talking about how, like, his, his wife talked, or his ex-wife talked back to him, so he thought she was possessed, um, and we were all like, bro, what? Can we open the fucking textbook? Like, we haven't, what does this have to do with, okay, anyways, and then, like yeah I think the first two classes were just kind of like okay and then the third class he started talking about how like if you're gay you're going to hell so I like just picked up my stuff and left and I went straight to the office and I was like I'm not staying in that class so you guys can either put me in another one or I'm just not taking religion which I ended up not taking religion yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> a little loophole if anyone's in um catholic school uh they tell you that you can't graduate without taking religion you can you just get a diploma yeah. that says, like, public school instead of, uh... The Catholic yeah, school, which right? doesn't because, matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, in any other school that's a public school in Alberta, you would... Yeah. You don't have to take a religion course. They, they don't even really offer them. Mm-hmm. They scared me for, like, just, like, my entire time in high school. They were like, you've got to make sure you get yeah. all, it all done. I took... The first religion class and then world religion, which I don't even think I completed, even though world religion was awesome. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that guy ended up getting fired because he he had a student who had two moms and he told her that there's no possible way they could love each other. Like they're not actually in love. And so she went home and told her parents and then like the news got involved and he got fired. But he had been, like, a menace for, like, years, because my sister told me stories about him before I went there. Yeah. I was like, why... Jeez. How do you even let those types of teachers into your school? And then, like, the teachers that, like, uh, fuck students had a couple of those. (laughs) Really? Yeah, there's one specifically. So we had... This is a pretty specific story. Maybe I can... (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. Um, we had, like, soccer and hockey academies at our school. Big sports school that I went to, because I'm a big athlete. (laughs) I was a big athlete. I took the mandatory uh, grade 10 gym, and she gave me 50% so that I wouldn't take it the following year. Because I would just come, I'd be like, oh, I have a headache, I can't do this. (laughs) Let's be real, though, you were a theater kid to your bones. Yeah, why, (laughs) yeah, I would faint in gym class. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you come in with those figures like you can get at the drugstore. You're like, I can't participate. I'm so sorry. I give myself a black eye with like stage makeup. I'm like, I, I'm concussed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had those academies, and there was this. Uh, he was still there when I was in high school, but this had happened like five or six years prior, I think. What? Yeah, but he was like the girls' soccer academy coach, and. Um, those academies, I think they met, like, every day. Like, it was, like, a pretty serious thing. Um, very intense. Um, and he was, like, very close with this one student of his. And I think people, like, joked about it. But, like, it was just, like, this is my student that I see every day and whatever. So people kind of brushed it off. But I guess, like, right, like, directly after she graduated, they moved in together so they had been like seeing each other for a while oh my god that fucked (laughs) that is fucked yeah well and what's weird to me is that like 
when I was in high school and junior high and stuff like that, like, I had teachers that were my age. Yeah. You know? And, like, that, the thought of me going into a high school and, like, teaching kids, I'm like, I'm not, I feel like I should be, you know, 20 years older, you know? Like, yeah. it feels weird and wrong. And to put, like, young men in that environment around all these teenage girls i'm like that should be illegal yeah it feels that should not be allowed we had this one student teacher uh he was a student teacher for my class in grade 10 and then he ended up getting like a full-time position there um so like by grade like super friendly but like i'm pretty sure was only like a few years older than us and it felt so weird because it was like he's like our buddy but like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like yeah. you're you're getting into it and like I understand student teaching, okay, but like having a mm-hmm. full-time position there like just weirds me out. Cuz like yeah. I would like I just remember in like grade 12 going to a party and then going to a McDonald's and seeing him there cuz he had just come from the bar with his friends. And I was just like this feels weird. Like I feel like you're our age, but you're like this adult that's supposed to be like teaching us. <laughs> yeah yeah just i don't know feels like a weird he wasn't weird at all let me just clarify oh no, yeah like not at all but like just okay good. it just felt it <laughs> felt weird because i was like this he's like a few years older than me it feels like <laughs> yeah it just seems like one of those things that like shouldn't happen mm-hmm. but like obviously does because it needs to because they need to be know. taught to like do it so yeah <laughs> but yeah i hate and I, but i mean how many movies and shows are there where there's a trope of like the hot uh english teacher and yeah it's so like normalized and it's gross it is it is gross and as someone who has gone into classes in university and either had had a crush on the ta or the professor um i'm not ashamed of saying that because they were all very wonderful people yeah but <laughs> there's just like there's an, nothing ever happened yeah there's a there's an alert to it yeah but in high school no Mm-mm. fuck that i don't know there's just like this power dynamic there that like there's no way to like explain okay have you watched pretty little liars <laughs> no but i have watched gossip girl i've seen parts of i, I want to rewatch that but anyways okay. <laughs> i do you know like you know the trope that like there's this girl dating her high school teacher or whatever right oh oh yes oh you're seeing like the top half of my head (laughs) well yeah (laughs) you're like that's all i need to see don't show me the rest Um, i just need to look at your brain it's fine (laughs) there's like a little screen (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but like so they make it like kind of not weird because they like meet in the summer before uh she goes into grade 12 i believe or grade 11 maybe i don't know i don't remember but like they meet before so it's not like they're like a teacher and student that fell in love like they hooked up and then she came to class on her first day and she was like holy shit um but they still end up being together and it's just like yeah but everyone's like oh He's just, like, a hot teacher, so everyone's like, this is cool. This is my this dream. Is I'm like, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Serena in Gossip Girl has a similar storyline. Um, but I don't know. 
like not no it's not a dream for me maybe in university i think it would be super sexy to date a professor but like not your own professor because i feel like there's still a weird dynamic there it's like if you decide you're not into him or something i i like the maybe i'm just like a bit of a kinky bitch but I, I would like I would like the sexual tension in the classroom. Like if I just kind of like sit at the. Mm. Okay, I get that. I get that. But I my I think my brain just goes to like if you get in a fight or something, he fails you. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck! Yeah, I just spent like five thousand dollars on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I I would be able to convince him and be like, no, like then just look at my work. Um, I would even go into it being like, this has absolutely no impact on my grades in the way that you treat me as a student, but she spelled this out. (laughs) Not me going back to school just for the potential of that to happen. (laughs) You're just like joining and dropping classes and like checking out the professors. (laughs) I'm like, I'm exploring my passions and my passion is sex. (laughs) Sexy professors. (laughs) What can we say? <laughs> That's Speaking my passion. Slut, um, <laughs> I'm dropping um, you for a second to pour more wine. I've got her propped up on a oh bottle yeah. of wine. Copper moon. Um, <laughs> I should also I should also grab some more wine. Okay. And I also kind of need to fart, and I don't want to do this in the middle of recording. <laughs> so let's take like a break. Okay. Should we uh, should we segue our way into something? <laughs> Mm, fucking teachers. I think the lesson here is don't become a teacher if you're just wanting to have sex with students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. No. We keep things simple here on the on the lonely cast. <laughs> on the lonely cast. We keep things crystal crystal clear. There is this is so loose. <laughs> Can I do an outfit change? It'll yeah, take me two seconds. It. I know what I'm going to throw on. I'm going to throw on another dress. Yeah, while you're gone, I'm going to tell the people about the secrets in my life. Okay, I'll replace myself with a puppet. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right, well, now that Brittany is gone... We can have a one-on-one, just you and me. This is our first ever one-on-one. I'm feeling a little bit shy, a little bit nervous about it, but I just kind of wanted to spill the beans to you guys. I have so many secrets swimming up in my head. It's so hard to keep them all together. Um, There's all this talk about teachers and stuff like that has brought my thoughts back to my Gemini lover. I appreciate and adore and I recommend any person who is single and not really looking to date or get into a relationship but still has sexual desires and needs to A. invest in wonderful sex toys um, that really fill your soul Um, honestly I don't regret any of them and I love spending my free time that way Um, and B. find a lover someone who will have sex with you um and only you um but no intention of having a relationship outside of that fact it really is a life changer and you're not going to regret it um 
and Brittany is back now. Did she just so. give you guys my social insurance number? She always does that. No, we were talking about sex. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah, I was telling them... I was telling them how all this talk about teachers has made me think about my Gemini lover. <laughs> but I didn't elaborate as to why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he wants to be a teacher eventually. But he's very respectable because he's a couple years older than me. So he's like 25. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm just like not ready to become a teacher yet. So he's like, hasn't gone back to school or anything like that. He's like, it's not something I want to do yet. And I feel like for the teaching profession, that's such a respectable mm-hmm. thing. Because like when you have someone who's 18 who's like i want to be a teacher and then goes into school and they're like 18 and then they're like 20 20 20 years old 21 like going in and like teaching high school or something like that or being like a student teacher or something like props to you um if you're respectful and good at doing it but like that's not how i want to spend my 20s like trying to teach people a couple years younger than me you know because you're like still figuring it out and also i just feel like People who end up doing that burnout really quick because they're just doing yeah. it their entire lives. <laughs> well, and I feel like teaching is one of those professions in which you can find a visit, like, because your practicum is, like, necessary. So you're going to be in the job. And then pretty much as soon as you go out of it, you're going to be able to find work. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be the best work in the entire world, but, like, teachers are always needed and necessary. Yeah. Um, but like you're thrown into life so quickly, I would love I would love to have an actual teacher on the podcast and be like, "What are you fulfilled?" I could arrange that. <laughs> I could also arrange that. I think my friend Shaney, she lives in London now. I think she's a, she moved to London well, to become fun. a teacher. But, yeah, we're looking uh, to get guests and stuff on the pod pretty soon. But um, yeah, eventually but then, when we feel like it. <laughs> When we feel like it, when we have the the motivation. I've been tweeting quite a um, bit, and a lot of it's just consisted of like, "Hey, we're gonna record today." Mm, we changed our minds. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna record today. Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> you know what? As long as we're not getting paid for this, I will. <laughs> Honestly, love each and every one of you. What do we owe you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a little treat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. It's our treat. It's your treat. It's everyone's treat. We're just going to hang out. Um, our thoughts, our minds. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, That's what we're marketing here. <laughs> oh, I also was going to comment before you changed. Obviously, we were mashing our wine choices. Um me with my white wine and my white outfit and you with your red wine and your previous red outfit and yours is a little bit pink now so like it's good but yeah we were I was matching too sweaty that's, and also that dress was fair. too big i got it online um yeah that's kind of fun or do you usually drink white wine no actually i think i i think i prefer red wine i drink white when my gemini lover comes over <laughs> Do I know this Gemini lover? No. Okay. I did have a Gemini lover in Edmonton who you do know, but... <laughs> who? <laughs> I can't say. I'm pretty sure he listens to the what podcast. What if we block it out? Like, cover your mouth with your mic and then, like, can you beep it out? 
Oh yeah, I'll just go like this. Oh! <laughs> I forget that that happened. Ugh, I love that guy. I know. Of all right. my friends, I'm glad it was that one. Yeah. No, he's honestly like pretty stand up. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. And I love Gemini's mm-hmm. because we're so compatible and we can like talk for hours. So it's like not just like a really awkward exchange that happens. Yeah. It's actually kind of like a nice social event that happens. Um, Abby's but, teaching me about yeah. astrology and crystals. <laughs> I, okay, speaking of passions, I think that like if I think about all the things that I've been interested in and have enjoyed doing in the years, like I love photography. I really do, um, and I love the podcast, and I've loved writing, and um, I've loved, like, making playlists and stuff like that. I think that, like, my number one passion, just because, like, it's something that's continuously just, like, grown, and I've just gone deeper and deeper and been, become more and more obsessed with, is spirituality, astrology, and tarot, and I think that in the society that we live in today people often will like hear that and they'll be like you're unhinged and the reality that you live in is fake and i'm like well maybe but also like i love astrology and tarot as a way like as a tool for like self-reflection and like just pouring back over like things that you might have missed and like deep introspection and it can bring healing and like that's what i love Um, so I do have one passion that I can actually successfully name a passion. Everything else has been like interests that I really, really like, but also like making playlists, I guess would be another passion. Mm-hmm. So I've been, those are my passions. Well, I think astrology is cool. I, I mm-hmm. personally just don't get it much, but every time that I like read something that's meant for my sign, I'm like, this is spot on or like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm interested in it, but I'm, it's, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that movies um, and just like film and stuff are kind of my biggest passion. Um, it's just like what I do the most is like watch movies and shows and I talk about it the most. <laughs> um, and I would like love to direct a movie or write a movie or just like be a part of creating a movie um yeah so that's something that like I'd like to get into I just like I don't know like I would love to write a movie but I need to be inspired for it and that's what I need to remind myself is that like I'm not gonna just sit down and write (laughs) like I have to like have inspiration for it and like have an idea and then like something will come out of that but I'm pretty bad for being like, if I can't create something right this second, um, and it's fantastic, <laughs> then I'm not good at this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think movies are top for me right now. <laughs> uh, but it used to be music. Like growing up, it was music. I want. I thought I was gonna be a mm-hmm. pop star, <laughs> but I can barely have conversations with people so i don't know about me performing on a stage um i think the extent of my music like i'm very passionate about music i grew up just with my dad being really passionate about music so it's very important to me but 
um, wouldn't be able to write a song at all. Um, and yeah. that's just an idea that stresses me out. And also, I love karaoke, but I wouldn't want to, like, actually have people pay tickets and come and watch me because that would make me just have a panic attack. <laughs> so, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Brittany, can I tell you something? <laughs> I guess. I'm literally sitting here, I'm, like, imagining a life where we just, like, have, like, a house in like this beautiful place and all we do is just like work on like our passions and hobbies and we just like inspire each other to like grow and become amazing people how cute would that be okay so when are we booking tickets to halifax (laughs) (laughs) literally literally i'm just waiting for you at this point yeah Um, i'm working on it (laughs) i just signed a contract for a job though so (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're gonna have to postpone a little bit but i'm definitely on board um yeah no like ideally i would be able to just um make a shit ton of money and then live in the woods and just like um write (laughs) yeah we have to start investing and saving i feel like i can't do that very well saving me neither neither. whenever i get a little extra money i'm like tattoo (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um but back to the writing thing, I think that, like, maybe, maybe this can just be, like, a little, like, lonely cast uh, challenge. Um, we, once a day, just take, like, 10 or 15 minutes out of our day just to, like, write a little something. And for you, it could be, like, more film-specific, whether that's ideas for, like, different short films or, like, feature lengths or something. Yeah. Um, because writing is something that I've also wanted to get back into. I mean, you know, my history with my fan fictions and... <laughs> Her very, very good fan fictions. <laughs> how much I how much I love that and like I've always loved writing, but I don't know. I I fell out of reading and writing like I think in high school yeah. when I just started to get distracted with everything and the world. So I think that maybe you and I can like challenge ourselves to like yeah. every day just sit down and like write, even if it's just a little diary entry about our day. And I feel like that's going to feel so good and like so releasing mm-hmm. in the end. You know? I, for, I forget where but. I was, uh, I either read it or watched it or listened to it on a podcast, but um, <laughs> I, a lot of people fell out of love with reading and writing during school because it became so like you're reading this book that you don't give a shit about and then you have to analyze it and it just becomes like a chore and not fun and um it was it was a woman of course because (laughs) why would i quote a man um but (laughs) i need to stop making those jokes because men are gonna think that i like him i don't i'm just being an asshole um but anyways (laughs) she was just saying that like if you fell out of love with reading, um, start, like, don't start with this, um, novel by a philosopher, uh, that everyone's read because you think that it's cool. Like, you can start with, like, the sort of books you read in, like, junior high and stuff, like, the books that made you fall in love with reading, because Mm -hmm. if you try to start with a book that's too intense, you're just gonna like skim through it or not finish it and then be like well I hate reading and it's like you don't hate reading you just like fell out of love with it and you need to get back to where you did fall in love with it kind of thing yeah so 
Yeah. Love that. <laughs> um, might I also make a recommendation for anyone who's looking to get back into reading? Um, I feel like the the authors who actually got me back into reading in like um, an adult way, who I still read like constantly. I'm reading Murakami right now, um, but it was uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle. Mm. Cat's Cradle is a really easy stomachable read um and like it's just really good you can burn through it so quickly um what's another one uh mirakami which mirakami did i read oh i can't remember but um he has a collection of short stories as well called the elephant vanishes so it's really nice to like kind of cut it up into little pieces that's a good one but like there are there are ways to you know pull yourself back into reading and Vonnegut honestly was the one that really did it for me um and I'm very thankful to my friends who recommended Vonnegut to me because um amazing author weird definitely has his moments I think both him and Murakami have like heavy ancestral tones um which is like you're reading it and you're like "Hmm." (laughs) Hmm. but aside from that like their fiction is amazing um yeah well like finding an author that you like or just rereading books that you used to be obsessed with is a good way to start yeah and um actually a little book recommendation um for those of you (laughs) that like fantasy books um i find that like hey i love the lord of the rings i will watch the movies Mm -hmm. anytime they're like my sick date movies Mm -hmm. the books are fucking hard to get through and it's yep. because, like, what I think it is, is a lot of f- fantasy authors um, write things as though you understand what they've made up. So it gets a little confusing, and, like, you have to go back and be like, wait, what does this word mean? Oh, it's a tribe of people, or it's, like... Um, yeah. But I've recently been... <laughs> my coworker. He's not even my coworker anymore, because that's how long ago he lent me this book. <laughs> I haven't finished it because I don't set enough time aside to read, um, but I'm getting close to finishing it, and I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. It's called Mistborn, like the series is. Um, it's by Brandon Sanderson, I think, um, but he's really good at just like keeping it interesting but simple enough that like you can follow along with his imagination. Because I yeah, I feel like fantasy authors kind of struggle with. Um, understanding that the reader's not in their brain like we don't know this weird thing that you've made up (laughs) yeah Um, anyways (laughs) our retention as well is just like in in our generation and stuff and like younger people our retention is just not as big as it was so like maybe yeah you could have the whole introductory paragraph that the hobbit has and like then just go forward and like tell the story and everyone's like oh okay Yeah. yeah, yeah yeah Like, back, like, 20 years ago. But that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I have the, I have the okay. Eagles as my wallpaper. And the, I, don't, I don't know his name, but he's... I'm just going to slide my photo booth over because he's staring at me. <laughs> he's staring oh, at me. Oh, that you? looks like my ex. Let's slide that back over. Oh, yeah, I changed my wallpaper. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I'd love to to write some more. <laughs> Maybe we should just get yeah. back into writing fan fiction, get back to our roots, and then um, build get back from to there. Our roots. Our roots. <laughs> I don't even know who I'd write fan fiction about. Like who Norman Reedus. Like, now as an adult, who would you write? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Norman Reedus. What? What did you Darryl say? Dixon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Norman Reedus does kind of sound like it could be in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I just heard Norman Reedus, and it sounds like Lord of the Rings, kind of. So I was like, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm like really hot for Can I say? Yeah, fair enough. I, I feel like, hmm, who do I still like thirst over? It's like I'm like, oh, I would love to run into you in the street. My problem is I don't write fan fiction about characters, which would be safe. It's a good safe bet, but I like to write fan fictions about real, actual yeah. people, which is creepy. I I was writing and... fan fiction about real people. I was writing it about One Direction, so it's not creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, if I do it in my adult life, I feel like it would still be I think, mm, well. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Just admit it. Right, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. Because, you know, some people are very talented authors, and they just really like certain characters, and they make great content. Yeah. I honestly, like, I think that I might be out of my fanfiction era. Um, I'll give it a go. But I definitely, I think I just need to take that, like, once a day, just, like, 30 minutes or whatever to, like, sit down and write things out. Because there are parts of my life that, like, I want to, like, expand and, like, exaggerate on and, like, be able to spin into novels and stuff like that. Like, I want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But, like, the prospect of writing a book is so nerve-wracking. It's okay. Bless you, by the way. Thanks. Um... It's so no, nerve-wracking to me. Like, I don't know. I, well, like, even when I was really into writing when I was younger, I could never, like, finish anything because I was just like, I don't know what a good ending would be. But um, I have one of those books uh, from, like, chapters or something, like the Finish the Story books. And, like, each page mm. is, like, a little prompt. And I, I've kind of fallen out of it, but for a while there, I was, like, every day I'd wake up and I'd, like, write a little story using one of the prompts. And I think that's, like, a good way to just build up to, like, actually having an idea and writing something. Um, 100%, so. yeah. It's true. I just love to get my emotions down from my brain. I just like to um, sit in my bathroom and listen to sad songs, and that's how I get my emotions out. Yeah. Speaking of sad songs, uh, have you listened to the new Clara album yet? No, I haven't either. I think I might tonight, now that I've had some, like, wine. And I have the day off tomorrow. Yeah. I'm pretty, I, like... I might just do it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't really listen to, um, like, albums much anymore, which I want to get back into. But I just kind of, like, hear mm-hmm. a song that I really like and then listen to it for, like, two weeks. And then, um, yeah. like, lately I've just been listening... Because I was reminded of the song in a show I was watching, um, Harvest Moon by Neil Young. I listen to every morning. Yeah. Um, I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen. There's a cover of it in Pig, that movie with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Everything <laughs> ties back to what I'm watching, so. Um, I love that. I love multimedia. Ugh. 
I'm so excited to go to LA with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. We, I'm really going to start saving. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I'm honestly, I'm relying on like my whatever logistics, yeah. <laughs> but like going to comedy shows and mm-hmm. stuff, like I really want to go to like cool comedy clubs and just like watch people and like get a cool Airbnb. And I, I want to try and do it as cheaply as possible too. So maybe we can even hostel it and mm. just like stay in a hostel and just like fucking go to comedy clubs and that's all i care yeah, that's about the goal, go to the beach sure. maybe once like for next year because once i start this new job and i'm like <laughs> we're just like planning like there's not a camera here that we're not recording the yeah. episode <laughs> um no but that's i'm working towards that for sure i want to save up as much mm-hmm. money so that we can go and do those things actually um 100 i just recently went to a, a stand-up show uh chris Locke. I'm fucking, Ooh. I, like, you should watch some of his videos uh, later. I saw him, like, a year and a half ago. Is he Edmonton? I don't, actually, I'm not sure where he lives. He's Canadian, but um, he he okay. was down for, like, a little comedy festival here. Um, I saw him, like, I think a couple of years ago, and, like, cried laughing and followed him on everything, and, like, once a day I'll see a tweet from him and just, like, laugh out loud. He's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I got to see him a couple days ago, and I, like, peed laughing. It was so good. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, I feel like I'm not a huge stand-up fan, because when it's not, like, great, it gets a little awkward. <laughs> and I just yeah. hate yeah. being in that room when it's not going good. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, one of my favorite parts, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you like when it gets awkward? <laughs> I think that I'm, like, just, like, a little bit, like, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad for them, yeah. obviously. But, like, I'm just, like, oh, this is just part of it. And I love that it's just part of it when someone yeah, fails. Yeah, I, I, like. And also, if someone is just kind of, like, a dick and they don't get any laughs, that just feels really one good. T- one time I went to, um, it was like uh what's the word when you can just like show up and like do the show it's like an Uh, open open mic mic. yes um yeah (laughs) i was like i got open what's the second word um but i need to stop hitting my mic because abby's gonna murder me later (laughs) when she listens to the audio (laughs) um i went to an open mic and Everyone was, like, okay, you know, just trying out jokes. But there's this one guy that just, like, came up and started talking about how, like, women suck and just, like, was telling, like, super misogynistic jokes. And the whole room was silent. And then the next guy got up and was, like, well, really happy I'm leading after that guy because he's, like, I don't have to do much. That's true. But I feel like people who don't like stand-up have only seen stand-ups like that. Yeah. That are just, like, really, like, dirty, cheap jokes that, like, aren't that funny. Yeah. Well, and for a while there, like, I would say, like, I can't listen... I can't listen to podcasts that are all done by men, and I can't watch male stand-up comedians. Because every time I would turn one on... It would just be, like, the biggest shitload of ignorance and just, like, unfunny shit that, like, I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm a super sensitive person because I 
definitely have a tendency to stay, say stuff, even myself, that's kind of like, eh, yeah. <laughs> But, like, I would just be watching that I'm like, this isn't funny. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's, it's not. It's not clever. It's and just, like, like, what can get, like, a quick, like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, and just, like, I don't know. The whole, like, making fun of people constantly is just, like, it's not funny to me. Yeah. Because, like... I feel like the only people that deserve to be made fun of are, like, huge assholes. And, like, you know? Yeah. Like, that's funny. Like, <laughs> but there's so much comedy out there that's just, like, let's kick the fucking underdog and, like, make them feel like shit for being, like, you know, less cool than the yeah. rest of us. <laughs> and that, to me, is just, like, so uncomfortable because it's, like, dude, you're kicking them while yeah. they're down. Like, <laughs> you can't. Have I you seen, what's her name? Anne, Anne Coulter, I think. Isn't she a, an author? <laughs> Anne Coulter? Anne, no, she's a piece of shit. <laughs> Anne Coulter. Oh, okay. Um, she's just like this conservative with like really horrible views. Yeah, it's Anne Coulter. But they did a roast. Okay. And she wasn't even the person being roasted, but everyone just... Fu- you should look it up after your laugh. Everyone just went in on okay. her, like, because it roasts, it's, like, kind of mean, but, like, still kind of friendly. Um, but everyone that came up to talk about her was just, like, why is she here? Someone made a joke about, like, she should kill herself. And it just got so dark. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, like, everyone was, like, having a good time. And then it'd come to, like, her name. And they would just, like, get super angry and just say something really, really mean. Because everyone was, like, why is she here? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to watch it after. Oh, no. It's so funny. <laughs> Some people deserve to be bullied. I've said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> We've said it on this podcast. I stand the lonely cla- the, the lonely The lonely cast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've had like quite a bit of fun. Yeah, I'm halfway down. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the point of this episode. Um, the lonely cast does endorse bullying. I'm going to look straight in my camera lens. <laughs> The Lonely Cast does endorse bullying. I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. When it comes to bullying those in positions of power and assholedom. Is assholedom a word? Thank you. (laughs) Nope. We're making up words here. (laughs) We are making up words. We're getting a little crazy. No, I probably sound like a massive asshole. I don't... I'm against... No hate. No hate. Like the... N O H eight the tape across the mouth. <laughs> I fuck with those guys. However, <laughs> no, no hate. <laughs> I had to specify which one. <laughs> Stop the spread of hate campaign by duct taping your mouth. Um. Anyways, yeah, I stand by what I said. Um, if you're a teacher who fucks students, I'm bullying you. Um. <laughs> Come to the roast of the teacher who fucks students. I get him on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's good, fine. Good. Yeah, I was saying that we should have that teacher on the podcast. I'm like, we just want to um, interview you about your career choice. And yeah, like, then we get him on and we're like, you fuck your students? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to like slowly like prod. Like he'll never actually know why he's on the podcast and just be like, is there something that you really like about the feminine form? Were you really into the novel Lolita as 
a child. What do you think of Woody Allen? <laughs> Opinions on Harvey Weinstein? Dark. Okay, you know what I found out this week? Um, obviously, hmm. we all knew that Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp were a couple. Beautiful couple at that. Like, yeah. very sexy. Um, but Winona and Johnny Depp met when Winona Ryder was 17, turning 18, and he was 27. I know. Dios mio. Dios mio. And it's one of those things, like, I literally, there's this girl on TikTok who does, oh, she's amazing. I can't even remember her username. Um, but she, she did this, like, deep dive on Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder's relationship. She also did one on, like, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston and all of that. Like, you know, it's just, like, the Hollywood goss that, like, everyone really loves. I think I've seen this girl. But yeah, <laughs> she's fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the Winona Ryder, Johnny Depp one. They basically had this, like, amazing love that was, like, so short-lived, but, like, so, like, they were soulmates, you know? Like, that was, like, it. Yeah. And then you, like, look at their age gap and you're like, but this is not, but this is not okay. And then you look at their relationship yeah, and you're like, I didn't but. Know that. And the way that, like, Tim Burton <sighs> described Johnny Depp after they broke up was that. Winona had his soul. Like, Johnny Depp has never been the same after that relationship and they broke up. Like, Winona had his soul. And he's just always just now been, like, basically, like, a mental case. But, like, yeah. (laughs) I know. That makes me really sad. But also, (laughs) that's so, oh, fuck, shit. Well, okay. <laughs> How do I defend this? <laughs> when I myself is have been the seventeen year old. Yeah. I mm, I can't. Well, and like to. the thing is is when you're when you're in it, you're like, Oh my god, this is everything, this is the love of my life, blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. oftentimes your older counterpart will not have that same mentality you know like it's mostly yeah. about this power dynamic and like oh look at mm-hmm. this young girl i have like like it's sh- like it's just gross and like masked in like yeah. misogyny and patriarchy and stuff like that and so that's where it's like you never really know like winona and johnny depp were so private about their relationship so you don't actually know the dynamics of the relationship and like how it was meant to be but like i think that you can tell from like the hurt and from other people's experiences with the couple like it was never like oh i've met this young lass and she is making me young again and (laughs) you know making me young again (laughs) but of course like we never actually know the true story but like it, de- it doesn't seem like one of those cases. It seems like you just met someone and you were like, yeah. that's my person. Well, that's the thing about, like, Hollywood and stuff, though. I feel like... I feel like people that w- wouldn't typically meet in, like, regular lives mm-hmm. meet in those situations on, like, movie sets and stuff. And it, like... As sad as it is, those younger people grow up so fast when you're part of that industry mm-hmm. um i don't know like i mean i have to say it's still weird just because i would be very hypocritical if not yeah exactly 
but yeah. Yeah. I know. Damn. It fucks me up. <laughs> yeah, that was that one relationship. Like, there's, like, um, when I was on Tumblr, mm. back in, like, high school and stuff, there was always those um, gifts of, like, them seeing each other for the first time after the breakup at an award show and, like, looking at each other and, like, smiling. And I, know. I was like, that's real love. Their relationship <laughs> was only, like, six or seven months, hey? Yeah. Which I'm like, how? And I don't know what it, like... I mean, she was so young. That's the only, that, like, that's the thing, is she was so young. Like, mm. thinking of myself getting into this whirlwind relationship with somebody and, like, getting engaged at the age of, like, 18. No, I don't mm. want to marry that person. Like, way too young. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to be. And just with Nona Ryder's story in general, I fucking love her. And the way that she was blacklisted an from Hollywood. And just, like, <sighs> I don't know. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brendan Fraser being blacklisted. Yeah. And, oh, it, it makes Hollywood seem, like, Hollywood already is, like, dark and scary for sure, but, like, hearing stories like that, I'm just like, it seems so fun from what you see. Mm-hmm. Like, people just winning awards and um, just being able to live these, like, glamorous lives, but I'm like, it's probably so it's fucked so up. It's so dark. It's so dark. Yeah. Um... That was another thing in the Brad Pitt episode. In the Brad Pitt episode. Oh my god, this woman on TikTok needs her own show. Like, this is how I'm consuming her content. She's fucking We need to get her on the show. (laughs) But um, in the Brad Pitt, like, segment that she did, she, like, went into depth about Brad Pitt's life and how, like, initially when he had started, like, booking roles and getting um, success, this was even after Fight Club and stuff, he basically just locked himself away and like drank and smoked weed and like completely like shut down because he just his adjustment to the fame he didn't want it he didn't want it at mm-hmm. all and he was so yeah. depressed and the only thing that pulled him out was like going to some impoverished impoverished place to like and he was like oh i have it so good i should really appreciate this more so it's yeah. kind of like one of those sob stories where it's like eh, check your privilege <laughs> but i mean well it's like we, that when human I was psyche a, is complex, right? So, yeah. When I was younger, I was like, being famous seems fucking awesome. Like, I want to have a bunch of fans. I want people to know my name. But I recently watched an episode of um, <laughs> of Ride, which is Norman Reedus's show on like AMC or something. Um, it's just him like hanging out with his friends, basically, or like just driving around on his motorcycle. Uh, but he has this episode where he's in Spain, I believe. Um, and they're in, like, a market, and they just get, like, bombarded by fans. And then he's, like, um, he was outside, like, taking pictures with them. And this one girl was, like, sobbing and, like, so frantic. And she's, like, I need to kiss you. Can I kiss you? And he was, like, ah, sure. And it was just, like, so intense. And then, like, they they're, like, okay, guys, you got to move. Like, we need to get through here. And... He drove ahead a little bit and they chased him and like broke his mirror on his motorcycle and were just like surrounding his motorcycle and it was like super dangerous. And he just like moved on like it didn't happen. And I was like, that would send me into a panic attack and I would be locked up in my hotel room for a week because yeah. that's so scary. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like what 
people who've been in the industry for that long just like deal with yeah it's, it's but I was watching the episode and I was like, well, how is he so casual about this? I'm like, I would be freaking the fuck out. No, and like, that's where it's like, I mean, the psyches of celebrities have to just be mm-hmm. out of this world, you know? Like, that's yeah. just not normal. Like, that attention and that, yeah. like, craze and, like, the level of danger that you're constantly in just for existing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, the idea of paparazzi. I don't know. Like... <laughs> The amount of times I've sorry, no, <laughs> the amount of times that I've seen articles where it's like, um, this person, this celebrity lashed out on the paparazzi. It's like no, the paparazzi, paparazzi have been sitting outside of their apartment for like days mm-hmm. and are like shoving cameras in their face. I would probably break their cameras. Yep. If I was in that situation, I'd be like, back the fuck up. But it's like you have to talk to them a certain way, or then everyone thinks you're an asshole. Yep. It's like, no, they're the assholes. 100%. It's just... There should be, like, a rule that they have to be, like, a certain amount of feet away. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's not something that I desire or want. By the way, Brittany, can I send you, like, a list of all of the YouTubers that I really think that you would like and send them to you? Yes, and I will do the same. Okay, cool. Also, my AirPods are at 5%. Oh, so we got to wrap up. Yeah. Anyway, so our passion is to be celebrities. (laughs) Do not say that. (laughs) That is cursed. No, not at all. That's literally the last thing I want. Um, If we have five people listening to our podcast every week, I will be so content. Literally. 100%. Um, I think we do at least have five. I've had enough feedback on my end. Yeah, I love each and every one of you. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> You're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, I think my uh, final thoughts would just be to just try things. And, like, it might be a hobby that you think is, like, not going to make you any money or not be something you do the rest of your life. But, like, still put some time into it. Like, spend time enjoying it. And, um, yes, that is my final thought. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just, like, if you have a deep urge to go out and try something and do something, listen to yourself. And you might not have the motivation, but, like, all it takes is, like, that action. And I think that, like, one of the biggest things that I have been trying to teach myself and keep up with is when I feel this, like, deep call to go do something I genuinely have to force myself to go do it sometimes and in the end I always end up a little bit happier because of it so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have passions if you have hobbies that you really like the best course of action that you can take is just a course of action really there's no plan there's Mm -hmm. no like eventual goal it's just to do something anything and That's what you should take away from this. Yeah. And this uh, this podcast is an example of that because no matter how much um, self-doubt we might have every now and then, um, this has brought me and Abby closer together and we also have met some really cool people like over the internet and just in like real life over yeah. this. So um, I think that's cool. 100%. It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) 
but yeah, um, if there's anything specific that you guys want us to talk about, t- I'm always on Twitter, so tweet me. Mm-hmm. Or um, DM us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate um, the support. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shout out Doug Hoyer. And Intro Mal. Intro music. And Mal for our graphics. And Abby for being spectacular. Oh, and Brittany for being sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. We will see you guys next week or the week after or the week after that. Depends how we're feeling. True. Um, but we love you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>